Hey guys, it's Dave Chang here, host of The Dave Chang Show. You might hear me on with Chris Yang, Noel Cornelio, and a host of other guests. We've been on air for quite some time now, and it's changed over the years. But one of the things we always try to talk about is what's delicious, how to be a better eater. And you might hear me rambling incoherently, contradicting myself every five minutes. We talk about some sports and culture and all kinds of other things, too. I think we're the the most expert opinions you'll ever hear about anything. Check us out if you haven't before on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's good to stay up to date. That's why you listen to all of your favorite Ringer podcasts, right? And that's why the 2024 Nissan Rogue has Google built right into its 12.3-inch touchscreen infotainment system. With Google Maps, Assistant, and more, you can stay up to date on everything that's ahead without even needing to connect your phone. Find your next adventure with a Nissan SUV. Learn more about the Nissan Rogue, Pathfinder, and Armada at NissanUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Duncan. Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy, and they call it sparked energy. Are you a spontaneous spirit who likes bringing a high-octane feel to the group chat? Grab a berry burst sparked energy. Love bringing that upbeat comedy vibe wherever you go? Turn the fun up to 11 with their peach sunshine flavor. Whatever your energy, Duncan's here to match it with a revitalizing burst of caffeine and full-on fruit flavors. Even better, a medium-sparked energy is $3 now through March 19th. Drop by and get sparked by Duncan. Sparked energy drinks are fruit-flavored, contain 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Hello and welcome into the Ringerverse, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. Welcome back to Mint Edition, the once in a while podcast about all the fandom that you just can't live without. I'm Steve Allman. I'm Joby Dineron. And today we're going to talk about some of the greatest things this year that we missed might not be the most comprehensive list, but it's going to be the things that we love nonetheless. But first, before we get into that, Joby, how are you? You know, I got back from Vegas last week. I've still been, I've been fighting demons. You know what I'm saying? Like, Every day. Uh, well, see, it's the thing. You know, you in Vegas, you, you routinely get to bed at 2 a.m., right? Like, that's just what it is. That, and Couldn't be me. Nah, brother. Well, it couldn't be you. Last time we was in Vegas, you didn't come out with us. That's because I was doing my job and nah, unpacking nah. gear. Bro, you ran. You ducked the smoke, bro. You went, packed the gear. It was like, yo, come out. And you said, nah, I'm good, actually. I'm going to head back. And, and you didn't come out. Great night. Mm-hmm. A night we legitimately cannot talk about. And you had no idea because you was at the crib sleeping at 9 o'clock. That's crazy, brother. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, you should have been outside with us. Okay, so so Jomi's doing well. Good to know. And we've got a very special guest for us today. Here to talk about some of the best things that we might have missed in the year 2023. It's the Ringer Zone. Daniel Chin, back again. Welcome to the show. Daniel, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me back, guys. It's to be here. Real quick, real quick question, DC. I see you got a uh-huh. Knicks shirt on you right now. Yes, sir. Uh, Knicks and Spider-Man shirt, actually. Okay, okay, that's going kind of fire. A very New York shirt. Mitch mm-hmm. Robinson just went down for 10 weeks, man. How, how do you feel? Uh, bro, <laughs> I'm not not feeling great. We're talking about this the things that we like this it. year. Not- yeah, I know. I thought, we, I thought we were trying to stay positive. Joe Mee's here talking about his demons, talking about Mitchell uh, well, Robinson we, we being out about, for months. First of all, first of all, I'm really positive. <laughs> okay, Otani just signed the best deal in the history of sports. Okay, and Yamamoto's <laughs> coming. You know, we finna get a uh, glass note or Razorina, brother. Like, I'm locked in. I'm happy. <laughs> everybody, Let's see, go. everybody see those TikToks of like giving their babies a baseball glove after seeing the Otani deal? Listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> like, we need to we need to raise this kid right. Listen, I don't have kids yet, but when I do, right, it's gonna be we gonna lock in. First thing we watch opening day. We're there. We're locked in. We getting you. We get left hand left handing hitting. Left handing pitching is a premium, right? I'm locking them in. All that right-handed stuff, get that out of here. Nah. You're raising you're a left. billionaire. I'm, le- I'm raising the first billion-dollar MLB contract. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you talk about getting Otani over there, and we just got uh, Taj Gibson back. That's what we're celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Poverty hours on the East Coast. <laughs> Fight back, Taj. Daniel. 
I love Taj, but man. <laughs> he's you know he's younger than LeBron James. Wild. <laughs> Amazing. He's got those he's got those Tibbs years on him though, you know. <laughs> to be fair, everybody on this call is younger than LeBron James, but <laughs> But Taj Gibson he he plays like he's 45 and he's played since he's 45 I'm for like the last Tibbs like years, 10 man. years, man. Like it's insane. <laughs> It's crazy. Let's get to the content, shall we? Let's get we? to the content. Before we get to our content, we got some quick programming reminders for you. On Wednesday, the House of R will be giving you a look at the episodes one and two of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. I'm very excited for that. I don't know if we've read those books. Anybody read those books? Didn't read the books. Didn't watch the movies. I'm not locked in. Okay. I did. You did? Oh, Kerm. Yes, sir. Okay. I was not tapped in as a child, but I will be there day one. All right. I'm on the same same page as you, Joe. I don't know if I'll be there day one, but I missed it all. So, <laughs> uh, And on Friday, the House of R is going to be giving you a look into Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, as well as the Midnight Boys with their instant reactions to Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Check out the Ringerverse feed and the House of R feed for both of those pods. But let's get into today's show. Today, we take a look back on the year that was and wasn't on Mint Edition and have a sit-down stroll to the lesser-known looked pockets of the fandom universe and talk about some of the great things that we missed in 2023. Spoilers ahead for all properties involved, but before we go, a couple rules and notes of housekeeping before we begin. Now, we know that this isn't going to be the most comprehensive list. We're not going to give you every single thing that we didn't cover this year. Some of the things that we may, maybe didn't quite care to. Sorry, RIP. Wheel of Time, we might get back to you later. We, we have you on the reserve list, you know, injury reports or scouting reports are coming in strong, I'm sure. But, you know, we'll get to that later. Jomi's <laughs> not sure. I can promise you, right. for a fact, we will never get to Wheel of Time. I may, I may have heard that a one Ben Solak is a huge Wheel of Time head and is loving the content that's coming and out of can, one you can Jeff Bezos it, factory. And you can follow him on Twitter. At Benjamin Solak. Right. <laughs> uh, but you will not find it here. I'm sorry, M. Will. There is no will of time for you here. <laughs> Keep on spinning. Anyway, we might not have everything to cover here, but we picked, we cherry-picked some of our favorite things that came out this year that we didn't quite get a chance to talk about, and we're going to have fun doing it. Spoilers within. Our great guest, Daniel, is going to be going first with a pick that I'm very excited to hear more about. Daniel, what do you have for us? Yeah, so the movie I picked, uh, Suzume. It uh, came out in Japan in 2022, but I feel like it's getting a lot of buzz right now, especially after the Golden Globe nominations, because it's only, you know, I feel like largely overlooked is, is anime in the whenever it comes to the American award show circuits. And this year, we got two nominations. We got Suzume and The Boy and the Heron. But this movie is like, was a massive hit in Japan when it came out. It's the fourth highest grossing movie in, in Japan's box office history, or I guess out of all the movies they've made worldwide. Um, and uh, I think, Steve, you said you saw uh, your name before, right? I have, and this is directed by the same uh, man, Makato Shinkai. Uh, exactly. I had, I had seen like previews about it, and then I'd seen like a scene or two. This, this was getting rave reviews. I unfortunately have not seen it just yet. Um, mm. But you've seen it, and it's it's kind of got a bit more of like a fantastical element to it. It's like, give us a bit of a sell as far as what we'd be getting into for this one. Yeah, totally. So it's it's a movie about like the, the high school girl named Suzume. She meets this mysterious guy, Suta, and transfer like, right student off the arc. Bat. Transfer student arc. <laughs> Always. It's, Always transfer it's student. Oh Always. my god! It's like the the most classic like anime trope too. Like she's like biking down, and he's like. This handsome, seven foot tall, hot transfer older, student. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Long flowing hair, like a gust of wind blows. Yeah. But then, like almost immediately, like there's this like mysterious door to another dimension, and it just gets crazy from there. It's a very funny movie that kind of it goes off of a similar theme of what your name was, where it's kind of trying to reconcile with natural disasters, all the massive tragedies that have hit Japan. Like all these, it, this the original manga was inspired by the 2011 earthquake and tsunami, and this movie essentially is about Suzume and this guy Suta closing these doors to another dimension where this supernatural creature is that nobody else can see is terrorizing Japan essentially, like causing these earthquakes, and it's it's up to them to be closing the doors to this dimension. It's a lot of fun, really funny. Mm -hmm. So I watched your name. Uh, 
one time, uh, I was again, I was I was going through a rough period of my life, and uh, I'm not gonna say like I cried tears, but the wounds in my heart still haven't healed from what your name did to me. It's a beautiful movie. It's like just incredibly moving and beautiful. Does this movie make your heart hurt in the same way? Because if it, if it does, Daniel, I don't know if I could do it, my brother. <laughs> I don't know if I could reopen those old wounds. Yeah, I, I just watched uh, your name actually for the first time last night in preparation for this. And man, like that, it's it's that's heavy. That movie uh, is definitely heavy. Man. And I think, yeah, yeah. I think that movie is like a little bit heavier okay. than this one is. Like this movie is like very funny and like it uses social media in a way that's that keeps it a little bit more modern too. That's cool. Um, but I think they're both like both movies are just really good about trying to just again reconcile with with these massive tragedies that have been hitting Japan, like the the earthquakes that just seem to be coming far too often, you know, and just trying to find meaning in that and reconciling with life and death in the ways that it comes off very powerful and it comes off really well. Like I see why these movies are are doing so well. Like between your name and and uh, Suzume, it's like two of the like the top five in Japan's box office history. Uh, you love to see it. You love yeah. to see it. So with with this film and and your name, there he had a you've seen Weathering for you? Weathering into you, sorry? Weathering with That's, you. Weathering with you. See, I can't even get the, the middle middle <laughs> thing right. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that. That's another Shinkai movie there, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm super late to him. Uh bro. I mean, I I think I like your name better than Weathering Into You, but it's still like this I think the what you're describing is something that is prevalent through his entire films where there's something supernatural going on that affects the way everybody's living and then a protagonist and the person they're falling in love with have to go now solve it. Yeah, you know? a lot of themes with his movies are like pretty much v- yeah. very like yeah, either natural disaster or supernatural disaster based mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in the case of 100%. Um, now while obviously this isn't like as emotionally hard hitting as something like your name or is even weathering with you is, do you think that this is kind of becoming, because I, I, after seeing this, I will have now seen three of his movies. Mm. Do you feel like he's coming into a bit of a pattern where um, it's like love story light and then high fantastical and then love story hard at the end? Uh, do you feel like he can kind of mix it up after after this? Like, do you want to see him do like a, I don't know, legitimate rom-com? Do you want to see him do like a Miyazaki-esque fantasy adventure? Like, do you think, or is this kind of more his steez? Is, is he well-suited for this kind of movie after all of these years? Now in 2016 into 2023 with Suzume. I'm like pretty late to Shinkai in general. So like, I don't know what the future holds for him, but I feel like from what I've seen, like there, there are a lot of parallels between his works and I think he's he's really mastered it in that way. So I would be curious to see something else, but it's, the blend of like being able to have something funny with like a really big emotional impact to it, I think is is really cool. And just to be able to like have something that has this this other meaning with with trying to just again reconcile with with these natural disasters that have been happening. And it's I think it was really interesting to just see this movie at the same time as uh Boy and the Heron, because there there are some like similar ideas around life and death and just like grappling with that. Um and just the way that they go about them are super different. If that if that makes any sense, like with with I think this movie got some criticism in Japan from from what I'd seen, which because of how similar it was to some of Shinkai's previous works, but right. the animation's stunning and like just again like it really hits on these emotional beats really well. If you're going to be derivative, you may as well be a ten out of ten in, in your in being <laughs> derivative. Uh, right. It's not what, copying if you're copying from yourself. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Tell that to Drake, by the way. Uh, I really. <laughs> <laughs> I really think uh, that he's going to be like somebody he, he's been somebody to watch for so long and I feel like we're just kind of getting uh, a better flavor for him in the States with his last three films this one included uh, quick sidebar yeah. uh, for Miyazaki Corner what did you think of Boy and the Heron and is that a kind of like a sleeper hit shoe in for best animated feature now that we're talking Golden Globes that's a great question. I mean, I I love Miyazaki and his works, and part of me feels like it's it's just kind of shocking that he hasn't gotten the love from. I mean, it's it's shocking on one hand because all of his movies are fantastic. He's he's just made so many masterpieces in his lifetime, 
And he just hasn't really like Spirited Away is is still like the one that got the animated best feature mm. uh, or the best best animated film. And I feel like every one of his movies should just be taking that, you know. But this year, it's it's a really crowded field. Like I know you guys just talked about it recently in, in the animation awards, but it's it was a really good year for animated movies. But I think a lot of what these these award shows comes down to it's it's giving these these guys their flowers, you know. Like Joe Hisashi finally got. A nomination himself and he's just been composing beautiful soundtracks he's he's just like john williams over there you know and he hasn't really been getting the same love as as like these masters of of soundtracks and composition over the years so i think i think it's time that these guys get their flowers basically so you know th- everybody if you haven't read uh daniel's miyazaki stuff on the website he's been very locked in on boy the heron and basically meet miyazaki for the last couple of weeks go check that out I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Boy in the Heron or Suzune? Where you at? Boy in the Heron. Mm. I mean, it's, they're, they're very, they're very different. Like Suzume is, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like in the way that I feel like the Boy in the Heron is, is like, you know, kind of a slow burn and just, just generally like slower, deeper movie. Yeah. This movie is just like right off the bat. It's just like. There's a frenetic energy that he very, that a lot of his frenetic. movies have had, uh, both in Weathering yeah. with You and and Your Name. I'm very yeah. curious because it seems to be a bit of a heat, a, a late game heated race in the animated feature category. Knowing that Suzume is going to get its flowers, probably not going to get the awards because it's a bit of a toss up between Spider Verse and Miyazaki. Yeah. Uh, do you th- do you think that there's anything else in these? Uh, in this category of animation that you think that we deserves a bit more love because we've got we like Spider-Verse is a known quantity Miyazaki's a known quantity here Suzume uh very much worth your time it seems yeah definitely i mean i think just the fact that it got nominated is is already just going to be like what is going to be a win in itself you know and it's it's the first time that two anime films have gotten nominated in the Globe and Globes at, in the same year like it, it's it's anime movies are just generally overlooked so I think it, should, it speaks to just how widespread that their mainstream popularity is coming in the U.S. and, and worldwide, though. So mm. it's definitely a win. I mean, best of luck to Wish what, for <laughs> for everything that, that Wait, it's Wish done got for. a nomination? Wish got a nomination. And TNT didn't. Like, yeah. yeah, our Golden Globe nominations are Elemental, Wish, Super Mario Brothers, Suzume, and Across the Spider-Verse. And Boy in the Heron. No Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Nope. No love for the Turtles, man. Uh, nah, see what they not well see now they've sold. Like <laughs> I, I I don't see a scenario where like Spider-Man doesn't win, especially if there's no Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like Super Mario Brothers, like it's cool, but like let's be for real. Let's be for real. It's good to stay up to date. That's why you listen to all of your favorite Ringer podcasts, right? And that's why the 2024 Nissan Rogue has Google built right into its 12.3-inch touchscreen infotainment system. With Google Maps, Assistant, and more, you can stay up to date on everything that's ahead without even needing to connect your phone. Find your next adventure with a Nissan SUV. Learn more about the Nissan Rogue, Pathfinder, and Armada at NissanUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Duncan. Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy, and they call it sparked energy. Are you a spontaneous spirit who likes bringing a high-octane feel to the group chat? Grab a Berry Burst Sparked Energy. Love bringing that upbeat comedy vibe wherever you go? Turn the fun up to 11 with their peach sunshine flavor. Whatever your energy, Duncan's here to match it with a revitalizing burst of caffeine and full-on fruit flavors. Even better, a medium sparked energy is $3 now through March 19th. Drop by and get sparked by Duncan. Sparked energy drinks are fruit-flavored. Contains 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Thank you so much for your first suggestion, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll kick it back to me now for this one. Uh, for I want to carry on my Godzilla hype from Godzilla Minus One that we had on the Midnight Boys a little while ago. And I want to talk about, finally, Monarch Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV Plus. So uh, nobody here has seen this, correct? I've seen the trailer. I've, I've seen it actually. Yeah, I've been I've been you keeping have. it up. 
Okay. Yeah. All right, Daniel, you'll you'll be able to back me up on here. Uh, Got you. Shockingly good for what this what this is. I think I want to bring it to. I want to. I I do want to immediately compare it to Godzilla minus one in the sense that when we first saw Godzilla minus one, there was like it felt like a bit of. A, I I use the term cultural reclamation because Japan is inherently good at getting the kind of character and sentiment around Godzilla right, while also balancing mm-hmm. a lot of good emotional. Uh, storylines with its human characters and there's a great balance between the two when I talk about Monarch Legacy of Monsters this is kind of like the like epic mystery lost-esque conspiracy theory there's like a multi-generational mystery happening with the island of monsters that this organization called Monarch is uh, playing at and there are like many ensemble characters throughout multi different like many different countries many different uh, uh, races of people and multi decade long mystery that's unraveling in a multi episode uh, season which uh, at the time of this publishing is now fully out on Apple TV plus uh, Daniel what do you think was like the most surprising thing about this show getting something right. No, I think you I think you nailed it right away. Like the way that they've been able to kind of get back to what Godzilla was actually about and kind of really leaning into again, I mean the national disasters of it all. Um it's they they've done a good job with it. That's why my minus one was was really so good. Lex Pryor wrote a really good piece about it for the ringer this week. Um and just how the American Godzilla, you know, like the the monster movies in America should really be following that lead because it's like I mean, seeing the trailer for the new Godzilla King Kong movie and Godzilla is like, I mean, King Kong is just holding like an infinity gauntlet. Like, I, I don't even know where. Right. Yeah. Like, like, no, like, no, I, hold on. Let's let's let's. Let, okay. Are you letting them cook for a minute? Let, let them cook, Daniel. OK, we can have our Godzilla minus ones. I do like my pink lemonade Godzilla right? as well as my enjoy, hey, King Kong. I'm there, too. But it's it's different. You know, there, there are levels to it that I think I appreciate a lot more, at least personally. That that and I feel like Monarch just kind of does a balance too, where it's it still has that kind of like popcorny flavor that the American movies do have, but there's still a little bit more substance to me. So I did not know this, and I am learning this like right now as we are doing this podcast. There is a monsterverse. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm not locked in clearly. The, clearly I saw you Godzilla not. versus Kong, mm-hmm. and yeah. I was like, okay, this is cool. I can I see the vision. You know, Mecha Godzilla, let's go. And then they did, they're doing Godzilla um, X Kong or Godzilla Kong. I don't know how we do it. It's not like Hunter Hunter or whatever. (laughs) Uh, But there's like the movie that came out in uh, what, 2017, Kong Skull Island. Probably the Godzilla in 2014 is in this universe. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters was not locked in on that one. Uh, So, how does this show fit into that entire world? Daniel, you want to take that? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it definitely fits in. Like, right off the bat, like, the first scene, I think, in, in Monarch has, I, uh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, no. So, uh, I, I think I could spoil, I, would, I could fully spoil, spoil like, the, the first, first scene. The first, it's the, the first, first scene of the show. First, first episode show. really is, it's like, worth very selling you on the show. There's an absolutely wild opening scene <laughs> with John Goodman being chased by a giant spider Yep. And uh, oh my god, what what else was chasing him? Was it just like a lizard thing? He he's being chased by the spider, and then he gets to like the cliff, and then like a rock right. monster so comes it, up. Here's the thing: <laughs> oh I can't, I, I can, I can vouch for a lot of how this show looks pretty good. This opening scene does not look great, and I I need <laughs> you to know this uh, because it's basically like John Goodman uh, running on what is probably a treadmill, like dodging CGI spider legs. Oh, it does fun. not look great. But what I will say is that it tees up this idea that the ideas in Kong Skull Island had where like that t- took place in like the, I think like mid seventies, like er- early sixties. And then it hops over to 2016, 2017 to uh, another character uh, based in Japan who has survived a Godzilla attack in 2016. Um, 
and the things that I've really liked about the what the the tone that the first episode sets is a great analogy for why I love monster movies so well. Like the most dramatic and most profound that the, these monster movies can be is that Godzilla or all of these other monsters are metaphors for either natural disasters or things that have like impeded both governments and people in their lives. Easily, Godzilla is a metaphor for COVID in this show because there, like, you see, like, immediately when a woman walks out of an airport, there are like Godzilla themed signs of like evacuation routes and like safe centers, like it's a uh, like it's a hurricane safe place. Uh, you talk to an Uber driver and they're like, yeah, I got a podcast. That Godzilla attack in San Francisco was fake. The government's lying to you, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and like, you can see the real life parallels of these things where like a woman who lived it versus like the online skeptic who is just, you know, entrenched in, you know, rhetoric or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting setup. And then things start to unravel from there. By the way, completely buried the lead. Wyatt Russell and Kurt Russell are playing the same character throughout uh, different decades. Oh, so okay. uh, that's already awesome. Part of the two timeline yeah. setup. Okay. D- I completely forgot to mention that. Um, great performances by all. Nothing is like exceedingly over the top. And I know that we're chasing monsters for most of this, but it's really, it's really effective. There's a cool mystery behind it. It's a lot more fun than Godzilla minus one. There's a lot more, uh, I would say. Um, you telling me Godzilla minus one wasn't fun? Uh, I mean, it when, certainly was. It certainly wasn't uh, when, when, a high comedy. When the, when our guy <laughs> lost, you know, his family, and then he thought he lost his wife, his his, his girlfriend. But now she's and, good, though. You know. <laughs> all right, let's all go back and talk about the funniest thing that happened in Godzilla minus one. Uh, was it was <laughs> it when he said, "I'm not your father," and then everybody uh, got mad at him? <laughs> that was. I mean, the scene where I mean, it's really like like two minutes earlier in that scene where. They're like, oh, so man, how long has guys been married? She's like, we're not married. And all the dudes looked at him like he was crazy. (laughs) Like, it's just, you need help. That brother needs help. Right. That was a great scene. Great movie. It was that and and the hate mail to make somebody whoop your ass to travel across the country. That's real hate. He beat his ass when he got there, too. Oh, my God. And I knew that you'd beat my ass, and and my plan worked. That's some real Mimi and Temecula type energy right there. That's really, really great. No, um... And, and and so Legacy of Monsters is, I I think kind of like uh, absurdly ambitious because Apple TV Plus has been having kind of a banner year for putting out projects that are either heavily sci-fi or like heavily niche that nobody's watched that nobody's watched yep. and they're not doing a Netflix where they're doing like these four quadrant. Um, catch-all shows where like whenever do you remember whenever you like they publish these like internally uh published numbers of like these are the most popular shows on netflix and i'm like i don't even know what any of these things are but like a billion people have watched it yeah sometimes and i'm yeah. like i don't understand yeah. what this is and it's about a, a girl in it's emily in paris or, okay or cra- see now, now you're talking crazy brother <laughs> everybody watches emily in paris as uh, emily doesn't even watch emily in paris as well as emily's number one hater as somebody who right. can't wait to see her down. She's a monster. <laughs> Dog, she's just like a she's a she's a terror to the French people. Like send her back. It's her home. Lupin. No, and- like, Lupin, respect Lupin. All Lupin's right? great. Lupin's okay, great. Okay, Omar Sai is killing it. <laughs> Emily needs to be stopped. Like that's just that's just what it is. But no, I mean, like these things, I know, I mean, like Silo, Foundation, like all these shows on Apple TV are going crazy. And then we look around, it's like yeah, is anybody is anybody watching like, who, this? Like, is I, anybody some people are. Some people are. Some people are like really, you know, really tapped down in, with it. You know, but at the end of the day, we're not really. Not to say that Apple's doing a bad job marketing the shows because I I, yeah. I kind of feel like I do see this stuff everywhere, but I yeah. don't know why. I don't. I can't for the life of me figure out why there's not a lot of buzz around like all these all these shows at the end of the day. I mean, Silo is amazing. It really makes you wonder how long they can really keep a, keep this up, though, because it's it's true. Like, I feel like people just aren't really watching these shows. But every time I see it, I'm pleasantly surprised. Like, But, like, this is our weird streaming era where, like, we have choice fatigue with everything that we want to see. Everything that is kind of worth seeing, or at least the stuff that we deem worth seeing, is 
like boiled up to the most word of mouth or the most marketed or the most like a high prestige stuff. And like a movie with pretty decent CGI monsters starring Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell uh, is kind of like, hey, did anybody catch this one? <laughs> like Godzilla's <laughs> in it. Any takers? Is Godzilla in it? Yes. Like, yeah, no, is I mean, Godzilla to, really in it? Yeah, yeah. like, not as prominently, like, nah, no, fairly okay. prominently. Guys, like, listen, guys, guys, you guys. wouldn't like cool monsters. <laughs> guys, is Godzilla in the movie? I'm saying, like, not like, oh, man, that was Godzilla from the other movie, and we we we, we cut the part, like, our, like you know, it, like, other footage. Oh, right. Or some Cloverfield I want, shit. Yeah, some, like, I want, like, is there new Godzilla footage where they're like, oh, my gosh, that is Godzilla, and we made him for this show. Yeah. Is he in there? Is yeah. okay, okay. This is clearly American Godzilla, by the way. I, I, th- I will say it, it is a little limited for sure, but sure. But like it, they pick their spots, and it's good. They like pick it's their very spot. indicative. It's effective, true. Yeah, it's very indicative that. of that of that uh, first American Godzilla in like the 2010s, where he's kind of like this, like the thing that emerges from the fog and is scary. And like, you see a big claw swipe and then you see a big face and then you see a tail whip. You can't show him because we don't have the budget to show him. I mean, listen, we got eight (laughs) episodes to really, and I will say this, like in the latter episodes, they really do up their game with exposing the monsters because they do look Mm. good when they pick their spots. I think to be, to be fair though, to the show, it's called Monarch Legacy of Monsters. It's not called Godzilla Legacy of the Monsters, right? Very true. You come in, you come yeah. there, you're like, maybe we'll see Godzilla, maybe we won't. So I, I guess any type of Godzilla is pretty good, but I can't imagine, even in our Apple TV budget, they're like, yeah, let's go let's just give these people some Godzilla. Let's go crazy. You mm-hmm. know? So Yeah. But I so like, go back to your original question, Jomi, too. Like, it, it does definitely connect to a lot of these other projects. I feel like it's it's interesting to me, like, right? Immediately with that that John Goodman scene, it's it's clearly an attempt of like world building yeah. in a certain sense because it's it seems like it's trying to pull right from that Skull Island movie, mm-hmm. which I gotta say, actually, I was pretty surprised when that movie came out. I, I was pretty entertained. Delightfully by that movie. Uh, great <laughs> when when yeah. the dude like had the whole all the grenades strapped to him and then yeah. the monster yeah. just like they, smacked they, him that movie had a just smacked him yeah. off to the mountains. Rest, rest in peace, Shay, man. That's, that's our guy. Ah, uh, Shay Wiggum's great. Shay Wiggum's great. Uh, so. I mean, I guess the last thing I want to ask is with this show coming out and Godzilla Kong, you know, coming out, which one are you guys excited for Godzilla Kong? Because, again, I've already said I'm here for it. Give that man a finny gauntlet. Give him the Dragon Balls. <laughs> give him a fucking the, the light, a lightsaber. I'm here. It's just... I don't want to sound like that guy, but, like, it just... it. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm just like, it feels so childish after we just saw Godzilla nah, Minus One. Not locked I don't in. know why. Like, not locked it in. feels so unserious feel next to Godzilla Minus One. Like, if you look at them, like, right after, I'm, j- I'm fresh off the heels of a second rewatch of Minus One. And then I saw, I see that trailer and I'm like, they're so different, though. They're such they're different. They're so types different. Of, like, and I, like, I don't know if I like matter. that flavor anymore. You can eat your yeah. veggies. And have ice cream too, guys. You know what I'm Godzilla saying? has never been vegetables. That's nah, the thing. I was like, <laughs> Godzilla vegetables, like, hey man, it is no! good for me, man. But then you see, I see that shot of Godzilla and Kong running together. No, like they're prime shacking, like a prime shacking Kobe down too. coming down the lane. I'm here. Like, let's go. Godzilla's let's... clearly Shaq because he's got he got some you know what weight I'm saying? on. Well, I mean, the thing with Godzilla is Godzilla only got like the four fingers, <laughs> so you can only you can only do so much. I'm just thinking of that Stephen A. Smith rant of just like um, there Zion? are chefs in New Orleans waiting for Godzilla. <laughs> there are chefs in the Pacific Ocean waiting on Godzilla. Godzilla. He will eat. He will eat the he table. Will, he will eat an island. <laughs> eat. And I everybody wants to see him. Everybody, that's crazy. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I do agree that, you know, Godzilla minus one, like, you know, changed the paradigm about what you think of when you think about a Godzilla film, especially in the modern day. But at the same time, I'm here for the foolishness, personally. <laughs> sure, so, sure. Like, that's going to be complete and utter. It might be garbage. might be the worst film we've ever seen. <laughs> but you're going to look me in the eyes and tell me that Godzilla and Kong one V like going like toe to toe with whatever. I mean, it was cool in the last movie with Mecha Godzilla, right? I don't know. They're fine. Like what? Another, there was like another Kong, but it's probably gonna be like you know they hid Mecha Godzilla in, in the last. I one. think it's technically son of Kong, and then like something in and they in got that baby Kong, yeah, baby, that, like, Kong, baby yeah. Kong that can like grow, like 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 you know go big like the Hulk, bruh. 
Come on. It might be garbage, but it's going to be entertaining. Just bring in Diddy Kong with his little plane. I was going to say, man, soon enough, Donkey Kong's going to be crossing over into this, too. Wait, Listen, the Nintendo Don't give him any ideas, Daniel. <laughs> Don't give him any ideas. Here comes the pitch, Ronsu. I'm already trying to raise a billionaire baseball player. We don't need to be giving away billionaire ideas. That's what I'm saying, Daniel. Trying to get this money, bro. <laughs> All right, I guess it's my turn. Um, this is a show that came out early this year, January, like just just made the cut, January 2023. It's a Hulu superhero comedy. Some of you may have heard of it. It is called Extraordinary. I have not heard a word of this. A word? Neither have I, actually, yeah. It is a British superhero comedy, and it's about a it's it's set in a world where when you turn 18, you get superpowers, right? Everybody gets superpowers, except for our main character, Jen, who has not gone her powers. Now, is it, this is like an evolutionary thing, or is this a, like, you go to the DMV and you get your superpower license? You, you wake up <laughs> on your 18th birthday, and you have superpowers. Okay. And Jen did not get hers. And it parallels a lot of things in life like you know puberty obviously and just growing up and watching everybody you know be able to do things that you can't do because you didn't get your powers and you know how do you live in a world where you know you're kind of you're, everybody's looking at you crazy you know because like, you, what's haven't, wrong with you, you haven't made it yeah late you know? bloomer yeah. exactly that type of energy and it's so funny it's so great uh, one thing though that I will have to say is there is a character uh, named Jizzlord Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. It's, is this uh, the boys? What are we? <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is they they find a cat. They find a cat and it's like, oh, we'll name the cat Jizzlord. That's funny. So the cat's not a cat. It's a dude who can turn into a cat. Okay. And like that just, just keeps power. the name? Yeah. All right. Well, and don't give away my cat's name now. <laughs> Keep, keeps the name. Yeah. It's it's really funny. It's really, it's really interesting. And it's honestly like super, super, super funny. You know, the British, they know how to make comedies, man. They know so, how to make people laugh. My, okay. I mean, my, I, I joked about it, but my immediate first question is, in a world where we have the boys, in a world where we have MCU and all of these other IP things, where does this land? What is this trying to do? Is this a deconstruction of superhero tropes? Is this a like a sky high vibe where it's just kids with superpowers trying to fit in? Uh, what are we What are we doing here? Well, the thing is, Jen, Jen is twenty five, so it's it's she she's had she hasn't had powers for a long time, and it's it, it's it's mostly you know being uh, a a mid twenties trying to figure out your life except the thing instead of like it's a job or it's the right. guy it's super super mm. superpowers sure right and so watching her friends go to work and figure like how do they live their lives with uh superpowers like her best friend uh her name is Carrie she works at a law firm and the reason why she's good at her job is cuz she can channel dead spirits and so anytime you need like hey um so and so died their will is kind of messed up can you go talk to him so we can mm. get this thing sorted oh, out? Oh, so you got the pushing daisies powers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. ex ex exactly. <laughs> right? And her boyfriend, Cash, he can rewind time. You know, and he wants to be like a real superhero. And that's like, you know, between uh, Carrie and Cash, like their, um, their uh, beef. But it's just, it's a, it's a fun show, especially when superheroes, you know, we say like, they're like we, we joke about the boys, but the boys is like serious, right? Like mm. they do treat their heroes like as much as they like to lampoon the genre, like Soldier Boy, Homelander, they take that thing seriously, right? The Boys is ultimately about being serious. The it MCU is serious. Is yes. serious. This show is yeah. like the people aren't like save like saving people or like oh I gotta be you know the next Captain America or Iron Man. It's like they just use their powers to do their jobs to be human beings. You know what I mean? Okay. It's nothing. Mm. It's nothing too serious. the The funny thing about Cash is Cash wants to be a Captain America. He wants to like build a team and be superhero. In that world, they they laugh at him. Mm. They're like, "What are you doing?" And there's no, there's no like Avengers equivalent. There's no, no like protectors mm. of the because universe. everybody has They're, powers. True. Yeah. Right. So there's no no real need for. It. There's no like super villains. It's literally just the powers are just. I would want to know the crime stats, knowing that everybody has superpowers. <laughs> well, I mean, there's crime because Cash is like, we're gonna, we're gonna stop all the crime. Like, obviously, but I mean, I'm sure the police have superpowers, right? So at the end of the mm -hmm. day, it's just all about you know, how do you how do you live in a world where everybody is not I don't want to say better than you, but 
where you feel everybody's better than you. You are made to feel inferior. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a not lot like based on anything, is it? Like any like IP? Nah, I think it's an, it's uh, originally from uh, Emma Moran. She's the mm. she's the the creator. She wrote all the episodes. Uh, yeah, dude. It's 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 a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's only what like ten episodes, eight episodes, eight episodes, thirty minutes. Just like you know, in a world where we don't really get like thirty minute comedies anymore. It's yeah. it's one of it's one of the funnest ones I watched uh, all last year, especially one that's original too. Like that's that's why oh, I ask because like it's that's pretty refreshing in itself to have something in the superhero genre at all that's not based on some sort of comic or original. Yeah, original content yeah. is always great. There's cool. there is one episode where she goes to a clinic to uh, to try and get powers, right? Because you know she's not the only person in the world okay. who's had this happen to, and she goes there. She meets a friend, and it's all good. They're like, man, we both don't have powers. It's, it's great. They sneak back into the the, the spot uh, to like mess around. She's like, man, forget this place, man. We don't need this place. We who needs powers? You know what I mean? Hmm. And then her friend gets powers and like dips on her immediately. Oh boy, <laughs> like, crazy! Like, well, that's that's great. And so, it, like, it, it, it's inherently premisey. I, I like that. Are there any standout performances? Is this more of a like cleverly written show? What are the highlights for? quality cleverly written show to the point where there's some there's some gags and some jokes that like will happen in the background where like two characters having a conversation and they're like literally talking about the guy's car and you see the car get towed like in the background (laughs) and you're like okay now that that's funny um a lot of there's a lot of family like family drama type comedy stuff it's it's just inherently a fun time and again it's not you know, it's not too taxing. It's not too, too like, all right, I got to dedicate an hour to watch an episode. It's really like, you know, 23, 28, 33 minutes of, okay, of fun so TV. Okay, so it's breezy. Yeah, it's light and breezy. You know, easy, cheesy, mm. lemon squeezy. You know? <laughs> it's a bunch of fun. I would recommend it to everybody, especially if you're into the superhero stuff and you want something that's a little bit lighter, you know, because all this stuff is is, is pretty heavy. You, we, we, we joke about it, but for the most part, there's even Gen V and the boys... In like all this superhero parody stuff that we've been uh, watching for the last couple of years, it's also super self-serious. It really is. And so this is one of the first superhero uh, things in a while where it's like superhero powers are just a part of the world. They don't take over the story. It's really about a girl who's trying to find her way in in the world in her in her mid twenties. And who who among us cannot relate to that? Humpst. <laughs> that sounds great. Among us, yeah, man. You guys got to tap me in. Okay, I'm well, always down for these like quick hitting, like 30 minute shows too. Like we we need more of those. We need more. Like, we, where happened to the 30 minute comedy, man? <laughs> we used to be a proper country, you know. <laughs> you that Iger's going to bring that back in his real American values. I, I don't think he's going to oh, lock Lord. in on that, brother. I think he's, <laughs> he's he's got bigger fish to fry. I remember, man, NBC for like I want to say like two three years had The Office. Parks and Rec, Community, and 30 Rock going in a two-hour that rotation so on Thursdays. Gone. That era is that so was gone. special. Special. And we don't have that anymore. I mean, between like the rise of streaming and everything of that nature, it kind of like did kill, you know, going to TV to watch shows. But at the same time, like an easy, especially in our, our fandom space, we don't really have like 30-minute, you know, comedies to watch. Everything is an hour. Everything's brooding. Everything is... It's so like, we got to go to the mountain and get the, the thing and the thing and do this and that. <laughs> this is just, it's just, it's really, it's really like a slice of life, you know, type comedy. And I would mm-hmm. recommend it for everybody. I know we didn't talk about it when it came out, but when I was watching it, I was just like, oh, this is, this is oodles and noodles of fun. It's getting <laughs> a season two, guys. Don't worry. Oh, good. I it, I didn't get it canceled. I would. <laughs> I did not get it canceled. <laughs> I was worried. This isn't on Netflix, but I was just like, mm. nah, you, nah. You and, once you talk about it, it's already in jeopardy I, I, of being canceled. As, as soon as I'm like, <laughs> as soon as I watch a show, that especially the one that's that's new or only has one season, I'm like, ah, I'm gonna get got. Yeah, you know. But now nah, this one, uh, season two should be coming in 2024. I don't know well, what time, but uh, it should it should be coming. So I can't, I can't wait to see more. We will get it before GTA Six. We know that we will get everything before GTA Six. <laughs> you will get the, your billionaire baseball son before the GTA Six. Sun will explode <laughs> and destroy the life on Earth as we know it before GTA Six comes out. 
You know, Jeremy, I hope this show goes a long time, though, so it's not your next uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That, well, you know, only Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's a, that a decently long run. Yeah. That, that is very true, Jeremy. Seven, only Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Seven seasons could be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Seven seasons. Damn, that, that, that was long? seven seasons? Oh, my seven, God. Dude, 136 episodes, Don't brother. get him started, Daniel. I, feel like I, was, I swear <laughs> to God. That's what I should like say. I'm slowly things, trying to set up Jomi so he can talk about Agents things, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Again. <laughs> hey, hey, would you like to preach the gospel for a little bit, Jomi? Why don't you... <laughs> things we missed in 2023. <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show that premiered 10 years ago. <laughs> you know? Nah, man. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity, the unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. Now, uh, Daniel, I think you got a sleeper for us for a for another suggestion. Oh yeah, and I mean the the other like just I guess plug in more anime. It's just speaking of thirty minute slice of life comedies, Spy Family has been so good. <laughs> Let's talk I'm loving about Spy Family. Spy Family. Spy Family's good crack. I mean, it's, I mean, so, it's so funny. Like sell, I don't know. It's sell, just me, sell me, Daniel. <laughs> sell me, Daniel. We don't know what Spy Family is. We don't even watch anime that much. Why should Who's we? I? Who's we? I, I, we? We is the collective we that Who's hasn't seen the we? show. So you? No. It could also be the audience. <laughs> it could be Kerm. It could be anybody. Don't put me on. Lump me in with you. Not. I'm not lumping folks. you in. I'm not lumping you with anything. Daniel. <laughs> oh, sweet Daniel. Please tell us more about this show. <laughs> I mean, I think particularly if you're not into anime that much, this is like a perfect like kind of starter anime to get into because it's it's just really easy to watch and it's it's about this guy that's a secret agent and essentially his mission is to to have a family. That's it's simplifying it, but in order to like infiltrate and getting to talk to this this guy, he needs to be able to infiltrate this boarding school. So he's like, all right, I guess I gotta have a kid. And then after that, it's like, all right, I guess, well, I need to have a mom. So I'm not just like this weirdo. And I have to get into this being like a prestigious, you know, well-respected family. So he finds a wife and the wife happens to be an assassin and his daughter happens to be a telepath. So it's like from there, it's just like hijinks. And it's just two seasons now. And it's just consistently so funny, but also really good action. And it like has a lot of like heartfelt moments too. Like I just, I'm loving it every week. <laughs> so, we, so we've got Mr. and Mrs. Smith meets The Incredibles. A little bit, kind of. A little, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, like, like they neither. It's to the to the, the Mister and Mrs. Smith part. Like they don't know. Like none of them know about each other's like secrets. Oh well, perfect, excellent. Yeah. Okay, great. And so, it's the funniest with Anya's like the little girl, and she's the one that's reading their mind, so she knows. Oh, that's great. <laughs> okay. And like you get her perspective of it too, so it's like, and she's so funny, but like she knows her dad is a secret agent. She knows that her mom is just like this ruthless killer, and just <laughs> like. It's it's awesome. It's so funny. Can you endorse that this show will be better than Donald Glover's Mr. and Mrs. Smith remake right. See, well, coming why, to Amazon? Why, why, why would you put a black brother down, bro? That's not <laughs> what I'm doing, man. Come on, man. Look, I ain't gonna lie. I thought it looked. I thought it looked fine. You know, I I will not get into the Donald Glover you allegations. Know, I'm not gonna. Get, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> allegations are kind of strong, but. You They're know, very they, strong they now. Got that, um, you know, Donald Glover has, let's just say Donald Glover has a type, okay? I'm not going to get into that. That's not where that's I'm That's a whole at. other pod right there. That's, exactly. That's a whole other podcast and Van has to be on it. Catch us on the Midnight Boys. Right? Catch us on the Midnight Boys. But, you know, I thought it looked, I was like, okay, it's cool. Like, it is, what, it is what it is. You know, I think Spy Family probably does it to a better degree. What I, what I want to ask you, Daniel, is mm-hmm. so... Do, like they they like the mom and the dad they like kind of fall in love a little bit you know there's like some rom- romance in there because look if yeah. I'm gonna watch some anime there's gonna be some romance in there okay oh g- give us a horny scale one to ten <laughs> okay see now now you took it too far <laughs> no, I was, no, no I, was, I wasn't no. asking for horny I just want to see I'm romance. sorry I'm That's sorry different. is anime Ro- not needlessly horny or <laughs> very see, needlessly now you're making, horny now you making generalizations uh, you I saying? don't need to when the, when the proof's in the pudding okay anime can be horny and it can be romantic. It can be both. A lot of times it's both, but sometimes it's one or the other. Okay? Daniel, is it romantic slash and or horny? 
as far as like the horny scale in terms of anime, it's very low in that sense. Thank you. Because oh, okay. the romance Shocking. is like really, they're really slowly building this romance mm. because it's like both of them are very much isolated in their lives in a certain okay. way where like, you know, Lloyd still is not trying to, Lloyd's the dad. He's the ones that's not, not trying to lose sight of his mission. Right. And with, uh, with your, who's, who's the mom character, she's, you know, still has her own agenda as well. But it's like, there, that interest is like definitely there. You know, it's like kind of a will they, won't they kind of thing. Love and that. it's been two seasons now. And it's it's gotten so popular too that a movie's going to be coming out, I think, next year. Um, I'm sure there's, there's like plans to really blow it up a lot more. So I think that's like, they're really playing the long game in terms of the romance there. Oh, that's good. Goodness. Goodness gotta, gracious. What about you, They're Steve? definitely horny characters on it, though. I will say that. There you go. Like, there like there one we of the, go. One of the friends. So there's people a, it's, are falling anime, in you know? suggestive <laughs> manners and being like, oh my. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. What about you, Steve? What, what's, <laughs> you know how it is. What's <laughs> something that you, know, you just want to quickly talk about? Qu- qu- quick little mention of a sidebar. There's been a really great indie game that I've been enjoying. Um, and I'm not going to make this uh, a mini button mash episode or anything like that. But there's a, uh, a fishing game that I love called Dredge. Uh, you play as a uh, fisherman that's been uh, washed ashore on this mysterious island, and you basically uh, allow yourself to uh, fish for and hunt uh, eldritch horrors. Oh, oh, whoa! Uh, and it like it starts off as like a simple fishing game where like Wait, you. What'd you say, Steve? I didn't hear that. Eldritch horrors. <laughs> oh, okay. Just making sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clarify, <laughs> clarification. Enunciate the syllables. <laughs> Uh, Eldritch Horrors <laughs> is what you're hunting in this game. Thank you so much, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it starts off as, as like you are basically maintaining your boat. You get to upgrade little piece, pieces of your storage, your engines, your netting, all of these things. Um, there's, a, there's a neat little story about all of the village uh, townspeople that you start to meet uh, that help upgrade your ship. Uh, it's very, very chill while also being uh, not exactly scary, but like intriguing with the amount of uh, lore and monsters that are inheriting these, uh, you know, dangerous waters. Uh, Dredge is, uh, I believe, on Switch and Steam. Uh, it's really, really good, and it's a fun, uh, chill time. I'm glad you're having fun with your Elder Scrolls. Awesome. Horrors. <laughs> Horrors. That's the sound my ship makes when I don't repair my engine. Yep. Uh, for me, I think the one that I'm talking about, and we talked a lot about animation last time, but Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Oh, let's go! Is, yeah. Uh, you just, did, did, you just, did you just start watching that? No, I, I was watching it. I was locked in. I think what, what, what reminded me was I think they're coming back for more episodes uh-huh. uh, mm. soon. And now nah, it's it's just fun, so fun. You know, it's her and her family in in uh, in New York, and they just like it's just her and the devil dinosaur, and they're having fun adventures, fun little thirty minute adventures. It's just a little and girl in the city with her dinosaur. Uh, there's a great little episode at a roller rink where they turn oh, into a dude. rap battle. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Childish Gambino, Donald Glover yeah. mentioned over two the song. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, yeah. No, that was a great, that was one of my favorite episodes. They just t- turn a roller rink, uh, like, little episode into a yeah. rap battle. And it, it becomes the funniest thing I've ever seen. That that show is just a delightful, like, I don't know. It's like such a pleasant show. It reminds me of, like, kind of like the throwback Cartoon Network kind of vibes, you know? Yes. Like, like, back when, back so when we used to be a country. <laughs> But no, it's it's really cool. Like again, I just love fun TV where you know things happen and it's a it's you know doesn't I don't have to think too hard. There's no like theorizing. There's no like oh man, what's gonna happen next week? It's just it's just a, a ton of fun and the visuals are great. The animation is spectacular, and yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, if you got kids, put it on. They're gonna they're gonna love the Devil Dinosaur because I love the Devil Dinosaur. You know, and uh, everybody tap in. Current. Great pick. Oh, it's my time. It's your time. It's your time, buddy. Gets to talk about my addictions. You know, some people <laughs> they like crack. Some people they like gambling. Me, w- <laughs> X Men comics. That's my shit. Jesus you feel Christ. me? If I could inject the X gene into my veins, that's what I would do. Would you though? Wait, wait. Real quick. That's question. that's dangerous. First because of all, you don't know well, what you'll yeah. get. Yeah, you don't know what's gonna happen, bro. 
You're not wrong. That's playing with like, fire. I could yeah. end up with like one of the Morlocks or something and just look gross and not have cool powers. You could be like yeah. that senator in the first X-Men movie who's just a squid you man. Just, yeah. Goop. yeah. No, that's as bad as it gets. But no, this year in X-Men comics has been a little bit depressing. I'm not going to lie. Uh, last year I came on here talking about uh, you know, the Krakoa era reaching its peak, the, you know, mutant country thriving. And this year it's all about the fall of X. And the main comics I would focus on, again, uh, Immortal X-Men, one of the, the best comic books out, one uh, comic of the year last year, actually. I think it was IGN. Um, Immortal X-Men this year has been phenomenal through all of this these depressing times. There's My favorite issue of this year was uh, Immortal X-Men issue number 10, where it's kind of like a character study on Charles Xavier. And I'm really hoping the way that they portray Charles Xavier in this comic is something that is really kind of fleshed out in the MCU when they do bring the X-Men in. And the fact that a lot of times in cinema, they've shown Charles Xavier as, like, some good dude. When it's like, is he really, though? Like, is he really? He's kind of a piece of shit in many ways. And this character study kind of reflects that in showing how, in selecting his X-Men members, tends to choose the mutants that are on the more positive side that, you know, look handsome, look sexy, and have oh, these so cool powers. he's about the marketing, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, like the Morlocks, these mutants that are hidden under caves. He could have, he knew where they was at. He had Cerebro. He knew where they was at. He didn't bring them to his mansion. Um, the fact that, like, he chose uh, someone like Storm, took them from Africa, providing crops and water to these African civilizations, and is like, nah, you're not a goddess. You... You just a mutant. Come to America. Help me out. Let's let's deal with white people shit. You, not, you besmirch Storm like that, Ex Charles Xavier. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like that, and that goes. That's canon back to you know giant size X Men in the 70s. So Mortal X Men 10 that came out this year uh, reflects just how much of a dirtbag Charles really is, and I would love for that to be kind of something that we see in the films of a little bit of nuance of yes, he is this all powerful mutant that is for both humanity and for, you know, mutants. But there's many things that come with that. He has a God complex. He many times chooses the safety of humans over protecting his actual people uh, and mutants. Um, and so that was one of my favorite issues this year. Uh, another major issue that I would recommend checking out is almost like the grand closing of the Krakoa era of, you know, mutants having their own sovereign nation, um, the Hellfire Gala 2023, Jerry Duggan, it's beautifully destructive. One of two comic books that has made me almost cry. I definitely shed a tear in this one, uh, oh. seeing what they've spent almost four years building up uh, from Jonathan Hickman era of this sovereign nation on a mutant island doing cool shit, you know, protecting both mutant kind, but also doing great wonders for the world and watching that kind of come to an end due to the X-Men's fascist enemies, essentially, was definitely heart-wrenching, but also you get a lot of stuff that is, is you know, now canon, both in the comics and in uh, the MCU, of Miss Marvel being a mutant, it's announced in this issue. Um, oh. and, and we're kind of playing on that and seeing what her mm. mutant powers are going to be on top of, in comic book, her also inhuman powers. And I'm assuming we're going to eventually get to her mutant powers shining just like the MCU powers are, you know, kind of in that same light. Um, those are kind of the two big ones. Uh, any questions before I just rattle off some other Real issues? quick, I need, yes, to, I need to get your top fits of the Hellfire Gala 2023. Because <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm looking at them right now, and I got, I, got, I got some real some trash, of, and I got some, some, some amazing. Real trash. So, oh, we can start with the trash. If you thought Miles <laughs> Morales yeah, was say, that's trash. that nah. suit was bad. Oh, no, Miles. His fit for the, uh, for the Hellfire Gala is real bad. It, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. I really liked... Um, one, Jean looked amazing. And, Jean looked and great. Dress. Um, I'm looking right now. Uh, Moon Knight looks amazing. Moon Knight's so good looking here. He's got the he's got like white Balenciagas on. <laughs> big drip, big drip. Wow. <laughs> they got the crossover with uh, Marvel Snap right now too. I think, right? Oh yes, they are. Don't act yeah. like I'm not still playing that. Uh, uh, Charles, I'm still, Charles a, looks I'm still awesome. addicted to that. <laughs> Charles looks awesome in the Hellfire Gala. Oh like, yeah, no, he, very regal. Okay, got the cape going. I yeah, see. no, big drip, big and he's, drip. he's wearing Cerebro. It's great. I would say uh, sink right here with the you know the shirt. Okay. You know, got the abs out. You Who's know, got, is that Dazzler right there? Yes, it is Dazzler. Dazzler's big great. drip, just diamonds all on yeah, her body. Okay. Kind of tough, Damn. head to toe. Oh, no. So I have um, a question for you, Kerm. Yes, Hersky. 
Uh, we were lucky enough to go to the What If uh, premiere type event. And yeah, little, little, little flex. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, okay. DC. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and they showed us some uh, animation stuff that's coming in 2024. Yep. X-Men 97. It's part of it. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Steve. S- Steve, state what you, what you just nah, did with your hands. Nah. State it. Animation looks a little new grounds. That's crazy. That's not even close to being true. It's classic yet modern. I like it. Don't ask okay. me about the Spider-Man footage. Do not <laughs> oh, ask me no. about the Spider-Man. Oh, if no. I speak, I'm in big if trouble. If I speak, I'm, I'm in to, big I'm trouble. I'm going to slack you on the side, Jomi. <laughs> what do you hope to see from the X-Men 97 series? Um, in all honesty, I, I sent y'all in a question to the Midnight Boys. I, it, I'm being very unrealistic. I would love to see us move past this mansion era. But I know that's not coming. So within that, within what we already have, I'm hoping we just kind of get some more, more Nightcrawler because I know he kind of comes in late into the show. I wish I saw the footage y'all saw and that would help me to kind of piece together a little bit more. I thought it looked cool, Steve. I ain't gonna hold you. I thought... If if you if you have a if you have an inkling about what ninety seven is going to be, I guarantee you it's that. Okay, so I will I will <laughs> kind of expose myself a little bit. Like X Men ninety two, you know that's not my favorite X Men cartoon. It's like mm. some of the is the it dial- evolution. Is it evolution? It's, of course, it's is evolution. It? Evolution is you, crazy. You love Batman no. Beyond, like evolution you get it, like crazy. the teen angst. That yes. that is the superhero shit that I love. It's so you know it's so it is so it's of the angsty, time. Yeah. It is it is a direct response. To like those '90s teen dramas, mm. and it's like kind of perfect the exactly. way that they rotoscope like actual like b- scenes from the craft and scream, and so, it's so good. It's so good. So Sorry, good. continue. And so like with the the original X Men shows, like I think what frustrates me sometimes is the dialogue can get very corny of like I'm Storm I'm about to use right. my powers mm-hmm, and drop mm-hmm, rain on mm-hmm. you like just I mean, do yeah, that it's very 90s just do that yeah. it's very 90s so I think what more than anything what I do want now that I think about it is let's just get a little bit out the 90s with the dialogue like let's, I, let's yes. not be too oh, traditional God. with it let's let's modernize it a little bit I know it's supposed to still take place in 97 but let's just let's up that dialogue a little bit I, so it doesn't feel as corny I feel like they will of course I mean like yeah. again they made it in the 90s like that's right. what it was hot. I can't can't imagine they're like, let's give them like that silly type stuff again in 2024. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. You know, I mean, that'd be nuts. Uh, but no, I I, I, th- I thought it looked crazy. Um, like the, again, like it's very, the, the art is classic, but it feels modern. I'd like, mm-hmm. like some of the voice actors pretty cool. So yeah, man, I, yeah. I can't wait to see what they, what, what happens yeah. in that show. One more thing I guess I would like to see is a little more like gray area between hero and villain. I feel like in the original, you know, X-Men cartoon, it's like someone like a guy like Magneto, we just look at him as, as the bad guy. Yeah, and yeah. in the past, like 15 years of X-Men comics, like he's become much more of a neutral character. And now in today's era, very much like protagonist not antagonist and even a guy like apocalypse this year completely reshaped as as a you know mutant supervillain you know a knockoff thanos to being this completely different guy that's into magic and different stuff like that and is about mutant growth and not just world domination so i would love to see that i think that's just me with some pie in the sky type shit i assume i'm not going to get that and it's going to be a lot of more of the same which i'm not i'm not hating any X-Men content is good X-Men content to me, but yeah. we know where the real is at, Steve. We know where the real is at. Of course we do. Well, Kerm, thank you for your State of the Union on X-Men for this year. <laughs> we'll see you in 2024 in December. Uh, and Now, back in your cage. No. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Whoa, whoa. That's crazy. HR? <laughs> That's nuts. They put a black man in a cage? Oh, no. God. Wow. <laughs> wow. Man, I'm just going to head out. I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> Santa not coming to your crib this year. You getting cold, brother. Wrap it up. Oh, boy. Wrap <laughs> <laughs> it up. Wrap it up. to get out of here. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap for us. Don't forget, on Wednesday, House of R will be giving you a look into their episode of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. And on Friday, a twofer Ringerverse House of R special on Aquaman of the Lost Kingdom. Instant reactions. Deep dive. Coming at you that Friday. Thank you so much, Junior Mints, once again for rocking with us. Thank you all for hanging with us this entire year. We can't wait to see you again very soon. Jomi, Daniel, any parting words? Anything to plug, promote, declare? 
Uh, just check out the the latest uh, Miyazaki stuff I wrote for the site. At least on my end, uh, we had a Miyazaki day last week in honor of the boy and the heron. So, and also go check that movie out. Yeah, Shay, DC. <laughs> Shout out to you, man. Appreciate you. You do a lot of great work at TheRinger.com. What a great website. So Appreciate you know, it. And keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing, man. We'll hope to have you on again soon, brother. Yeah, man. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's always a blast with you guys here. So appreciate it. Of course, man. And got to give our shout out to our interpreter user, number one guy, my man, David Kermholtz. And... Uh, Junior Mints, we love you guys, and we will see you again in 2024. This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning, though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.